Swallow your soul. I swallow your soul. Swallow this. Bam. Uh, Fletcher just shot me with a real gun, y'all. Blackheart Cinema Podcast coming back at you. Me, Fletcher. Joining me as always. Maybe me. Dead Eye Whitehead. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Ian. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Is that what Ian is? Ian's not Dead Eye. You sure? Well, he's been so much now. Like he's He might be the most powerful, fictitious character. He's been teeny. Uh, I want to say he's been Sonic at one point. He's uh, also oh, he's a little, a little tiny crack fiend. He was a crack fiend. Um, yeah, meth rattled. I don't remember what what drug we were feeding. I want to say at one point he was that uh, bouncy thing that caused the New York blackout from Men in Black One. Remember when he touches that thing in the? Yeah. No, don't touch that kid. Well, I have seen Ian writhe on this very floor and bite at my ankles and shit for like. A little too long. Well, that's just tequila, time. Ian. Yeah, it's tequila, Ian. Actually, was that tequila? I believe it was tequila. Ian. I, I actually remember exactly what time tequila you're talking Ian about because fucking uh, an insane person. Because you told me it got to the point where you're like where it was funny, but I was kind of getting a little concerned. Oh, I, I had to strike Ian. I had to. I had to punch Ian, <laughs> not full strength, but I hit. I hit like a, the way you might spank a dog. Maybe I I hit him pretty hard, and he kind of he stopped. He stopped fucking with me. Where'd you hit him, though? I hit him in the chest. Okay, fair. And I told him, I was like, I was like, you do it again, I'm going to hit you, man. With full strength. And he said, he writhed on the ground, and his neck turned around at 180 degrees and said, ah! <laughs> and, and tried to bite me, and I punched him in the fucking chest, and he left me alone the rest of the night. Uh, by the way, real quick, that person coming there, that's Ian's attorney. You've admitted this on oh, tape now. No. Fuck. Nah. Enough fucking around. What movie did we watch, Whitehead, we even though we've given it away? Evil Dead 2. Again, we watched them separately. And again, I watched this one with commentary. This time around, it had Sam, Bruce, and uh, uh, producer. Fucking hilarious. I bet they're a good time. Oh, just just, just getting to hear uh, Sam and Bruce just cut up each other is so hilarious. Because every time I'm like, oh, yeah, you remember, you know, yeah, oh, you see me getting hit with things and... It looks like that thing's just like really hitting me. Oh, it is because Sam's on the off screen throwing it at me. Yeah, and shit, and Sam's just like, <laughs> yeah. I will say this: uh, this is where Ash sort of starts coming to his own. He's not as funny. He's a little funny, but he's the most badass in this one. I feel he gets yeah. the chainsaw hand. Yeah, this is the beginning of the of the silly universe. Because in this one, we get a to- we get a recap. Of the first movie, but it's... It's just him and his girlfriend. Him and his girlfriend. My, all, Scotty and all, his sister. They're not there for some reason. Yeah, they do just a quick eight-minute condensed version of the first movie. And now that I think of it, I guess my whole theory with the two universes is kind of flawed. Because they do it again in the third one. Is that what you're about to say? Well, no, because the the sister... Is in the, the show. The dead sister is in the show. Yeah, I've been lumping the show into the Goofy universe, but she does show up like in the show, and she's she was you know she did die in the cabin, but for some reason she's not in the rehash of the version the, the eight minute version of the first movie that we see in this one. I, I have a theory of why they did that. Is uh basically just comes out they didn't know they were going to make a second one because at the end of the first one. The entity just flies into Ash's face and it cuts to black. Yeah. I always took it, like, I guess from if you're watching it from at the time in 81 that, oh, well, he's fucking dead. 
Yeah. But then I, it became kind of such a cult thing. They're like, we're going to make a second one. He's like, let's just rehash. I always like that Raymond did that. He's like, I'm going to do the first movie again because I have a little bit of a bigger budget, but I'm going to do like an eight-minute version where he's still going to hack her head off, my girlfriend's head off, or his girlfriend's she's head off. She's still going to do the ballerina dance. She's still going to ballerina dance. Or wait, she didn't ballerina dance in the, first, in the original. Linda did, maybe. Because they use the Delta, I think, uh, when he's trying to bury her. No, maybe it's the second one. Maybe it's just the second one where she does that dance. Yeah, it's just the second yeah, one. Yeah, you're right. In the first and, one, and, and I, prop, I think she just and, sets and, on the floor. And props to the the, uh, the claymation, the stop motion guy they got. Uh, amazing. For this one? Yeah. Yeah. Like, apparently they got... Like an old dance instructor, an old dance teacher, they knew. They got her to do the dance, and then they sent that guy, or they got her to do the dance on set around the you know the props and shit. Oh, and then put her dead body up in there. Well, no, the f- they, they they just had her film and do it, and then they sent that film as a reference to the claymation guy. Then he just redid it. Is it dead her? Is dead her? Oh, well. Good to know. Yeah, like I was a, wondering how they kind of did that. Apparently, there's a bunch of crazy shit they did. Uh, really, in all of them, they did it in the first one. I, we didn't mention it when we were talking about it, but like uh, you remember when uh, she gets his girlfriend gets stabbed in the leg, and then you get to see the black little tendrils like go up her her leg and shit. Yeah, but like that was animated. Um, like just actually did it onto the film. I want to say that's how it was in the first one, and but in the second one when they do it. They just like drew it on his hand and just like stop motioned it, stop like motion a million that. photographs of yeah. it. Because uh, like they did a lot of crazy shit and they kept referencing different effects, but they were always they'd always bring up Intervision. They're like, oh yeah, that's Intervision. I guess that was a company or a probably an effects house or something. Uh, yeah, I guess an effects house that worked with them. But uh, which they're also in the third one, uh, which. The ones in the third one, I can, I can definitely, I can tell like kind of what they're doing. But some of the shit in the second one, I couldn't like that. That in the movie, I guess they would just kind of be like, "Oh yeah, that was Intervision," and be like, "Wait, wait, which one?" And they just they kept you know their conversation going. Pretty dope. Um, yeah, uh, Ash loses a hand in this one. Yep, which he, becomes a staple of the character. Yep, she, uh, his dead girlfriend, severed head, bites his hand and infects him. But he cuts that shit off because he's a he's he's a shit. Yeah. Which, uh, by the way, uh, I'm sure they mentioned the commentary, and you're probably getting ready to say it too. But uh, I do know that uh, that uh, like when his hands taking over and fighting him, that uh, that was just like all ad libbed by uh, oh, yeah. Bruce Campbell, like the plate sitting him in the head. Yeah. Ramy just let him kind of go for it, but it's great acting on Bruce Campbell's part. Oh yeah. I, I think I, it's fucking cartoony slapstick yeah but he did it he did a good job of like like making the hand seem like it had the actual control i know it's just him doing it but yeah he leaned into it, it takes commitment and yeah and uh i know those plates weren't real oh yeah i mean i figured they weren't real because he actually cut his yeah. head but he's smacking them into his his head and shit and uh he's saying they i guess in their previous stuff they used to do like their plays and stuff Apparently they would go to uh, like a ceramics maker and be like, "Hey, let's get, let let us buy like 
X amount of your shit you haven't put in the kiln yet. So it breaks easier. Like, yeah, the super yeah, super fragile. Apparently, like they'd been doing, they'd been using like those for years at that point. So they like he knew how to hit himself with it, just right, where enough force to make it break. Yeah, because um, apparently, I guess they're super fragile. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, the shit that the sugar glass they use, like when someone breaks a bottle over someone's head in a movie. Yeah. How it's apparently pretty fragile, but still kind of can cut you a little bit if it's not done oh, yeah. right. Yeah, I'd imagine. Um. Yeah, no, uh, I, I really like this one because to me, this one's not as funny as Army of Darkness, but still a little funny. Like, just the right balance of. That's why I think he's the most badass in this one. Yeah. Like, he's not as slapsticky, but also, too, I think, like, we actually get to see Ash become. Start to become the Ash we all know and love. Yeah. Because I think at this point, he's real starts to realize the absurdity of the situation. And that's where the humor comes in for him. I think because he's kind of snapped a little bit. Yeah, because uh, there's there's a part in the movie early on that's always stuck with me to the point where I've ha- I, I I sometimes have nightmares about this. Uh, I have for a long time, but he's uh, he because he gets possessed. Yeah, yeah we got to talk about that. The, the thing that hits him at the end of the first movie, you get to just see that whole scene just redone. And they're like, "Oh, he didn't die. He didn't die, but he's immediately dead-eyed." Uh, when he gets up out of that puddle, yeah, and, and he looks scary. Oh yeah, they were talking about like the what they'd have to do to him because apparently those contacts and they used them in the first one. Apparently they were so like rough. Basically, you're blind. They look very hazy, uh, and you were only supposed to keep them in for like ten to fifteen minutes at a time. Like apparently, I guess they were just really bad for your eyes. Yeah. Um, but they uh, apparently for that scene they were they they were really afraid that Bruce was gonna like open his eyes too early in the water. Yeah, and uh, whatever lose can- them. Or, or no, like he, they were afraid they were gonna just fall oh out just straight up fall, fall out. Eyes. Um, and uh, Bruce talked about how Ramy was just like basically tried to drown him during that scene. <laughs> they're like, oh no, Bruce did a really good job. Now, uh, how did? I always forget he becomes a dead eye from it, but is he just just that dope that he can just will it out? Because he sees the the his girlfriend's thing and he's like, oh yeah, and he kind of goes back. I think that's what breaks him out of him out of it twice. Yeah, because he comes one later. Yeah, at the worst possible moment, which would be so hard to convince other people that you have it under control. Yeah, I wouldn't be believing you. Because yeah, knowing I know about these movies, I'm like, oh, you can't believe because even he. Immediately, because he's gone through it with his girlfriend, is already seasoned, and he's telling uh, the doctor's uh, daughter and friends that yeah, show up. The, the, it's a fucking trick when one of them tries to get you to come near him. Yeah, the whole premise to this one is the events of the first movie happen. He's possessed, and then he, you know, becomes unpossessed, and he's just kind of hanging out in the cabin, doesn't know what to do. And then the daughter of the guy from the recording of the first movie, who who read the Latin. She's showed up with the missing pages of the book. So the Necronomicon didn't that's, didn't I burn. Guess, it, it, he did burn. He, yeah, I guess they burned it in the first one, but not this one. In the rehash, I mean. Well, they, well, they didn't have the book in the reha- in the second one. That was the thing. They don't have the book. They have the lost pages. That's yeah, that, like, that's. Left. I was just saying, like in the rehash in the first eight minutes, he doesn't burn anything. Oh, that's I, what I'm saying. I, I just like, assumed he did burn it because. The book is not in the second one. 
at all. Like that's yeah. They just had the page, the lost pages. But see, they don't show him burning it. So I'm like, where is the other book? I guess you. Were, I just always infer that he did. It did get burned at some point. So yeah, they just didn't show you'd it. Think he would they kind of gloss over it. You think he would like like oh you brought the lost pages to that book? As important as the book was in the first one, and really throughout the whole thing. If he hadn't have burned it, well, he said he threw it in the the cellar. I thought because when he gets the lost pages uh, later, they have to go down there. Remember? Yeah, they go down for the lost pages. Oh no, you're right. That dude threw the pages down there. You're right. Sorry. Yeah, that's why I'm. That's why I'm pretty sure they just I guess imply that it was burned off screen. Um, but yeah, the daughter of uh, Professor Noby has showed up and thinks Ash has killed her parents. Which fair enough, fair. Yeah, at that point, from her perspective, blood-soaked, crazed man with a shotgun. Yeah, and a chainsaw, missing a hand. Dude, yeah, yeah. He he's pretty haggard by the time they find him. But I've I've completely got sidetracked to what I was uh, originally talking about. Um, we were talking about him becoming a deadite before yeah. all that. Well, no, I was saying that whenever I brought up that I have had nightmares of this one scene. Oh, the cabin laughing at him. Yeah, it's where the cabin's laughing at him before the, the you know the other people show up. The like objects in the cabin laughing and it starts with the fucking deer head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, goofy like, as shit. Oh my god, like my grandparents, my uncles, and just I don't know other people I knew by other friends house, houses and shit. They would have deer heads, and that shit would always, like... You're waiting for it to happen? Just waiting. I'm thinking, I'll just punch you off the fucking wall, buddy. Now, I thought, too, watching, is is that... Is he actually going insane, or is that the repression of the Deadite making him go insane? A bit of both, maybe? Who knows? I think it's a bit of both, uh, because that actually gets brought up in that commentary for the second one, and I think they both kind of just leave it vague, like, or is he snapping? Oh, or is it the Deadite? Because he... I mean, never that never comes back up in the show, does it? That he has that rep- he repressed a deadite. I'm trying to remember. I know it's three seasons, but because it certainly doesn't come up in Army of Darkness. But do they ever? Does he ever even bring that up? That he was like a deadite for like ten minutes. <laughs> I I can't speak on the show. Yeah, that, I was, I, I'm trying been, to use YouTube as my memory. Watch the show. Same here. Um, which this has all made me want to go back and rewatch the show now. Yeah. Because the show is really good. Which I was like, that would explain why he's continually f- funnier and funnier as the show goes on. And he's funnier to me in Army of Darkness as a character, I mean. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I just, yeah, I, I take it as a little little bit of both. A little bit of him going crazy and then the cabin fucking with him. Yeah. Uh, but there's the scene of everything laughing at him. Then he starts laughing and it slowly devolves into a fucking anguished cry. Yeah. Is always stuck with me, and, and then, then me- it, like in the apparently like whenever they were filming that scene, they uh, I think they just went through like the people working on set and just whoever had a really distinct or silly laugh, they were like, "All right, we need you to come over here and just laugh for this scene." So apparently, I guess at this set, they were just you know, twenty, thirty people just standing out, standing off camera around the set, just. And Raimi's just like, laugh. Just keep laughing. Everyone laugh. It works. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know. That and the whole, uh, the desk lamp. Dude, yeah. He goes up and down laughing with it. Dude, yeah, everything is laughing at him. You, you, you know what it reminded me of? Do you remember um, 
I always, I never forgot this one, but, uh, remember those like crazy Mountain Dew energy drink commercials? Like there's Puppy Baby Monkey, but there's the one where the dude, like everyone's just chilling, playing a game. It's like, we should go out, fuck playing games for now. And like the dude cracks open a Mountain Dew and like the chair starts dancing, the dog starts dancing. And I think there is a deer on the wall that starts dancing too or something. And like the, the, the dog's doing this shit. Ah. And he, the dog's like moving his butt. You'd always see him on Adult Swim. Oh, there's a sheepdog or something I, I on a. I don't, I don't recall that one. I feel okay, like well, I, I feel like I would if I had seen it, but I don't. We'll, we'll pull it up later. But uh, that commercial reminded me of the, this movie like 15 years ago. Yeah, but like, yeah, that that scene's always really stuck with me. Because, yeah, I remember the lamp. Because like, it's not funny when I in my nightmares when I when I dream of it. Because it's it's I just run, just get get the fuck out of there. I had a lot. I had a lot of Evil Dead themed dreams growing up. I mean, again, pretty, this pretty hopeless. Did you see this one pretty uh, young too? Like the first one, not as young as the first one, but uh, still fairly young. Like what, eight, nine? Like grade school. Okay. Uh, which I really liked the second one. Second one is, I mean, it's kind of scary, but it to me, it's more of a comedy. At see, time, this one's got a little more horror to me. Cause like Army of Darkness, I saw that one. That was the first one I ever saw. And that shit was funny to me as a kid. Just yeah. the skeletons and stuff. This one had more just the bright balance of horror to comedy ratio. This one's like twenty five percent comedy, seventy five percent horror. Whereas Army of Darkness is like sixty percent comedy to me and forty percent horror. I would say this one had to be like for me at least fifty fifty. Fair enough. Because like there are some terrifying parts, like the laughing scene. Uh, the the scene of him in the mirror when the evil Ash is coming out of the mirror. Yeah, him. I'm evil Ash. And apparently, like apparently, they made fun of uh, Ash, uh, or like apparently, Rain he kept like messing it, the scene up, and Raimi kept threatening to go get the look alike. Oh yeah, like when he comes out of the mirror, if he didn't get his shit together and do it right. Uh, uh what else was it? Uh, they um. Because you know how Evil Ash has the like the prosthetics on his face that kind of really accentuate his features, like make like his chin's a bit bigger, his brows a bit bigger, nose is a little bit bigger. Yeah, maybe I didn't take. And, and then like the skin around his eyes are bigger, around his orbital bone. When, whenever he's the dead eye. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. All right, well, I thought you meant the guy in the mirror. I was like, well, I don't no, remember. No, no, in the mirror one, they put pro, they put very slight prosthetics on his chin and around his brow and shit, because uh, and they were like, oh, wait, apparently it was a joke to them. They were like, yeah, Bruce. Bruce has a massive chin. Bruce, no, Bruce is such a shitty actor that we have to put prosthetics on his face so he can emote. Because uh, he was supposed to be like, you know, evil and yeah. angry, and I guess like he just couldn't get that. It just didn't work for some reason on the camera. So they're like, "Well, let's just put these prosthetics on him, so he'll look a little, a, just a slightly bit more menacing." Because he can't pull the menacing look off right now, right? And uh, yeah, apparently that was a big joke to them. Now I will say this, just uh, strictly speaking on uh. Bruce Campbell, I swear to God, he had a bigger chin in the original movie. In the second one, I don't know if he like maybe got in better shape or something because he's a little older by the second one. Yeah, 
uh, but not like super old or nothing. Maybe he just got in better shape, but it looked like his chin was smaller. So I don't know if it's just like he lost baby fat or something, but I swear he has like such a bigger head in the first movie. It could be the haircut too in the original. Yeah. Because it's that late I, 70s I style. Would just, I would just chalk that up to him getting age shape. and hair, the haircut. Yeah. Age better, a little better shape. Because I mean, he, do, he does have a big ass chin to begin with. Yeah. Like period. Not that's a bad thing. Just he has a very like square chin anyway. Yeah, but whenever they brought it up, like I rewound it and watched, and like whenever they were showing the the him in the can or him in, coming out of the mirror, you you can tell it's really just like the chin. Just a little, just a little, just a little accentuation on the butt part of his chin. Yeah, the chin just just out a little a little more than normal. I will say this too, watching just this is a random thought, not so much about the movie, but uh. You know, a lot more, you know, he likes the Dutch angle close-ups, Ramey. Yeah. And uh, like I was just saying about his chin, if it was a thing in the 80s, he would have been a perfect Stan Smith. Oh, yeah. Like him in 87, boom, that's Stan. Just put the suit on. Let him gain a little weight. Yeah. Or even as he got older, because uh, I always forget me and you watched my, you're like the only other person I know in the world that's seen My Name is Bruce. <laughs> yeah. That movie where he played himself and. But, uh, and Bubba Hotep, well, not the only person, a lot of people like Bubba Hotep. Yeah, Bubba Hotep is the shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, now I will say this toward the end, I've always wondered this, why does he get that random white strip of gray in his hair when that portal opens up? Oh, he's terrified. Okay, but then they take it away in Army, so I've always... Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. It is taken away in Army. Because I always thought that, I mean, it looked cool. Just he got that, he got that weird rogue streak. it's like... I've seen some of the comics. And he has it sometimes. He, I want to say in like some of the comics and some of the video game. He'll have it. He'll have it. If he's if it's supposed to be like set later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I kind of forgot. Yeah, he doesn't have it in a... Which I've always just wondered that since I saw this the first time. Like I said, my first time watching any of these was... For some reason, someone had it on like a parent. And I don't know who. It wouldn't have been my mom. For some reason, I just remember being an adult. And I don't think my grandparents, like when it was newish, Army of Darkness, a few years removed, newish. For some reason, that was on like HBO or something. And maybe just they'd left it on HBO and thought it was something I was watching. Yeah. But uh, that was all. That was my introduction to Evil Dead was Army of Darkness, which is, I guess was the after the original trilogy is probably the most kid friendly one. Yeah. In a sense, but uh, yeah, two to me, I like this one because it's just the right balance of horror and comedy, like I was saying. But also, too, he has just a little bit more budget. Yeah. And it's... Also, too, it just looked great in 4K. Yeah. And also, too, the aspect ratio is better, because that's the only thing I didn't like about having to watch the original in 4K. I meant to mention it. I had to watch it with sidebars. Mm, That's just because of the camera he used at the time. But that's fine. No big deal. I've done that before. But uh, this one just looked fucking really good. And again, too, it's just something about film looks really good. Like instead of as opposed to digital, not that digital's bad, yeah. But he had just a little bit more budget, and uh, like you said, like when his girlfriend's dancing around all dead and shit after she digs herself up, that shit always looked cool. Also, too, it's always kind of reminded me of a uh, for some reason, uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas. I don't know why. I mean, yeah, I could see it. Dead person dancing around in a graveyard. It could be just the claymation and Tim Burton too, like Frank and Weenie and stuff. Yeah. Um. But yeah, apparently, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Props to the fucking everyone who did the effects and shit for this movie, from the claymation to the makeup and the blood. Um, 
you remember the uh, I can't think of the guy's name. I can remember Bobby Joe, but the uh, like the uh, the the redneck guy. Oh yeah, I'll pull him up here. Yeah, because uh, besides Ash, there's the daughter professor will be her boyfriend. I always assumed. And then they like they get to the bridge, or they get they're coming from the other side of the broken bridge, and, and there's a red the dude that's closing the bridge up or putting the the safety thing, and his yeah, girlfriend yeah. are there. Yeah, him and his girlfriend are there. I guess they're you know people that live there, the little little redneck people. They end up like showing them a trail and walk them to the cabin. So that's why they're there. Yeah, it was Ed was uh, Annie's boyfriend or whatever, or worker whatever with the pages. Then it was Jake and Bobby Joe. Yeah, I remember Bobby Joe. He, he, he screamed. He's so upset Bobby Joe got. Bobby Joe! Oh, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I was trying to take pay really good attention while I was watching these. This is where we get our first groovy. Groovy. Yeah. From Ash. Yeah, we get a really, really badass uh, workshop scene where yeah. he... Uh, he uh, rigs up the chainsaw for his missing hand, which, yeah, you, you brought up that he had to lop his hand off. Yeah, which I was just like, that's dope. And that hand moved around and flipped him off, and he couldn't kill it for a while. And also, too, uh, he gets his uh, patent double barrel in this one. The gun in the original is just a single uh, yeah. one, but uh, he does saw off the uh, double barrel. And, again, that to me was a legit badass scene with that. The one that's down there, or the professor's wife that's down in the, uh... Yeah. I'll swallow your soul, I'll swallow your soul, and he, she gets out, and he's like, swallow this, and just double, double barrel shotgun to the face. Yeah, like, he, he literally just crafted, uh, that chainsaw hand rig, and shoulder rig to start it, one-handed, or, well, he didn't have a hand on that hand, on that arm. Either way... He's super proficient with that fucking chainsaw hand, like, not long after uh, he's created it. Yeah, like, he uh, he adapted really quick. He just, he, just became, he just grew into the badass in this one. Yeah, and it's from the first super one at least. sweet, because uh, if you've never seen a dude fight a demon with a chainsaw hand, you should. And hell, I think the guy who made Chainsaw Man ripped this off. Really? You, you just looked at me so intensely that I couldn't tell I mean, if you were serious might, or I mean, not. He might have, I don't know. Uh, chainsaws would be cool. Yeah, chainsaw hands would be cool. Um, do you want to rate this one get out of here? Uh. Oh, shit. Before we forget, uh, I just want to say uh, that big-ass one he fights at the end, that was a great big-ass puppet, which I just thought was really cool. Yeah. Um... That apparently went missing off the set not long after filming and then was found at a Fun house or scare house or some shit not far away from. I want to say they filmed this one in the Carolinas. I can't remember where they said they filmed it. I do know that the uh, the cabin was built in a auditory or no, it was, it was it. I think they said it was a school gym. Makes sense or some kind of big. I'm pretty sure it was gymnasium a gym, of some sort. But they built it on stilts so they could. Uh, you know, I guess have a basement, make a set one. for a basement. But they they uh, they talked about like um, just how sweaty they were. There's no ventilation. Yeah, apparently like it was hot as fuck in that gymnasium. But yeah, well, yeah it's already a gymnasium to begin with, and you're making a closed and yeah, then you got a cl- enclosed set. With but no- yeah, apparently they built it on stilts, 
so they could uh, do shit out of like the basement and the floor. Cause, like you know the scene where the 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 redneck guy gets uh, Professor Noby's wife pulls him face first into the. Into the into the basement, and yeah, then, and then there's a like fuck that guy. Then a fountain of blood gets shot out. Yeah, apparently they just had a fucking hose. They were able to like rig up a system. Yeah, it's raining now. So. Okay, yeah. Sorry, are you hearing that too? Sorry. Yeah, uh, it, it's funny. It's right when you said a hose of blood, and then I was just like, oh my god, it's raining blood outside. I, and I want to say they also said they could turn. Yeah, actually, they did say they could turn that set on its side. Hmm. Because uh, there's the scene where Ash, he, where he's uh, the hand, he's fucking with his hand at first, and it's like cha- he's he's trying to shoot it with the shotgun, and it's running around or mm-hmm. kind of cartoony cat and mouse style, and it gets in the wall. He goes in like one of those uh, mouse holes or something. Yeah, and he sh- and he shoots the wall, and it starts to bleed, and it's like slow blood. Then it's a giant torrent. Yeah, just that huge geyser that hits him. Yeah, and then they then it sucks itself back into the wall. Uh, which apparently they did a lot of, I guess... Reversing of the film for that. Reverse shots. Uh, and I guess I guess pretty much all of them. Because like the eyeball scene, whenever he squishes the Nobi's wife's eyeball mm-hmm. out of her head, like they filmed that in reverse, and apparently they just, they didn't like it. But they were just like, fuck it, we'll just you know keep it, whatever take we got. Um, but they were... Uh, remember Raimi, he said he was just amazed at his set guy's... Of how they uh, set up that that blood torrent, uh, he said it was like multiple barrels that the guy had like rigged together with like a central chamber in the middle of it, but he could like turn the hydraulics on somehow or somehow something. and just like gush it out. Yeah, um, they do some good blood sprays in this. Like uh, there was this thing I, you know, that's the great thing about the commentaries, unrelated, but uh, I know like for the headshots in the movie Desperado. They had some guy like with a backpack off camera that had like fake blood in it. Like uh, he had taken before it ever got like the uh, things you see like people spray with, like yeah, on lawns or shit. But he filled it with blood, but had it hooked up to hydraulic where they would just hit you in the face with blood, and that would make the headshot effect instead hmm. of actually having to put like makeup with a charge in the head. Because I'm sure you've seen movies yeah. where it's like maybe the blood packet didn't go off, but it's like just a straight like sparky hole in their head or yeah, something you still see the squib going you see the squib go but the blood doesn't come out yeah. but then they have to pad and make up and shit or whatever to protect your face but they just got around it with that because i guess desperado was pretty independent too the the first the second one excuse me yeah and i was like well that's kind of cool they just did that and i think again robert rodriguez had met sam raimi years prior because that was even right after army of darkness had just come out and he was telling him about those hydraulic guys that you're actually talking about now. Yeah. Uh, I remember who the other guy on that commentary was, and, and I was like, kind of shocked. Was, I could be wrong, though, about that. Uh, it was Greg Nicotero. Why do I know that name? Uh, he does The Walking Dead. Oh, is he like their effects guy? Or something? I think Nicotero might have like took over directing it. Or showrunner? Yeah, he might be the showrunner. I'm trying to think. I, I want to say the first season was... I, I only watched Walking Dead up to season four and never picked it back up. Yeah, well, apparently Nicotero, uh, I guess his big buddies was with, with Sam Raimi. Because mm-hmm. uh, he, he helped with this movie and the third movie, which I, I did not know that. Yeah, it's funny. I like those some of those effects type guys running tight circles. And I'm like you, I always enjoyed 
that uh, it's Tom Savini is a sex machine and and from Dust Till Dawn. Yeah, which he's done a lot of good effects for movies. He has. Um, but shit, yeah, you want to rate this one? Get out of here, homie. I'm gonna give it uh, ten deadites out of ten deadites. I fucking love to. I'm giving this one ten cut off ash hands out of ten, and it perfectly sets up the third movie. Yes, it does. Because he he sees he sees some of the pages, and they're like, okay, we're gonna have to send the evil back in time, and he sees a sees a page of essentially him from like written into the Necronomicon. The lost pages, him standing with his with his boomstick held high in ancient times, and I guess doesn't realize that's him. Yeah, and then he gets pulled through the portal at the end of this one. and Yeah, hair goes fucking wide. For just a strand. and Man, Boom, him and the Delta. And, the and there's evil. knights everywhere. Yeah, yeah, he's basically beset on by knights and kills a, kills a deadite. And is just like, God damn it, it's the fucking page. Yeah. And then uh, that one ends with him being carried off, I guess. Yeah, he, yeah. Yeah, take a crazy zombie-esque movie, throw a little time traveling, and we'll get into that in the next episode of Dragon Ball Ball Z. Fletcher. All right, we're out of here, everyone. Peace. Sensu Bean.